0: So we're going to have everybody here uh, participate a little bit to your own, (laughs) yeah, to your own discretion, you know, if you don't want to, you don't have to, obviously, but I just think it's good. Uh, On Thursday nights, I've really enjoyed having the tables out, I've enjoyed having our Bibles open, and just having a venue where we can uh, talk through the Word of God, right? Uh, you know, it's great to have preaching and teaching, but it's really a lot of fun to, you know, have more of a Bible study. So we've been rolling on this theme, I think now, uh, including today, would be three or four weeks about the Word of God. Uh, we talked about it on Sunday also, and it's been really uh, bearing on my heart the, imper- the importance of the Bible the importance of having the Word of God in my life, because if there is no standard of uh, of or if there's no foundation for my my ideas or my philosophy, then my life becomes very unstable. You know the story of the rich man and Lazarus, right? That parable. Well, is it a parable or is it not? We're gonna have that discussion right now. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's an interesting story, but whose name do we know? Lazarus. We know Lazarus. What kind of a name did he have for himself here on earth? Not much. Yeah, he didn't have much of a name. He was poor, right? Uh, he didn't have much. But there was somebody who was rich and who had everything. And he was a man, in, in the story, he was a man that was an Israelite. So if he was obviously very religious, but he but he ended up being in hell it's interesting you know but he didn't have a name for himself on earth he was labeled the rich man and jesus said that he acquired all of his glory already you know which was an interesting statement but now he doesn't have a name and that can be like us if we don't aren't careful on the foundation on which we build our life um, are we going to be known for our riches and what we do and our p- prominence and our eloquence? Or are we going to be known by God? I love that passage. Do you know where that is, guys? It's not that you know me, but God says, I have known you. That you are known of God. That's an amazing verse. Like, you are known of God. And that's what I want my life to be. I want to be known of By God. I want to be known of God. I want God, and He knows my name. But that verse is speaking of the uh, fact that there is an intimacy between me and my Savior. You know, and I, I like this idea like, church is a place where intimacy is cultivated, right? So there's intimacy here in the body where we're getting to know each other and edify each other. But there's also intimacy with me and God right So when I open the Bible and there is a message being delivered or we're having a Bible study what should happen is that it should grow intimacy in my life with God I And mean, that is amazing that I can be intimate with God And that's um yeah so let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians First Corinthians chapter um, 2 Calvin can you read verses 13 through 15
1: And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom but taught by the Spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. Mm-hmm. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no
0: one. Yeah, those are good verses, huh? I just want to read 13 again, because that's where we're going to kind of sit for a while. It says, For these things we also speak not in words, uh, words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, consp- uh, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Here Spirit says spiritual things uh, to spiritual men.
1: Uh, spiritual truth to those
0: who are spiritual. Okay. Good. All right. Now let's turn in our Bibles to Proverbs 18. Nelson, can you read verse 21? That's a good proverb. I was thinking about it this morning as I was studying, um, you know, the power of the tongue. And it's interesting, uh, our tongue is the most loose when we're in our weakest state. <laughs> Isn't that true? Uh, Emotionally and physically, uh, when we're done, we 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 find ourselves saying things uh, that we often regret. Isn't that true? So we think in our in but in in a really in a real sense, like in our weakest state is when our mouth opens so easily, and we begin to speak negativity. We begin to insult against others and we begin to speak against God. This is when we say that we are in our weakest state, but in our weakest state Proverbs 18:21 says that there is still power in the tongue. And we say, well, it, it should be excused because I am weak. But Proverbs is saying, well, wait a minute. You're not weak. You're actually there is power there. You know, and I love this this word power actually is interesting because it refers to a hand that is open. That's what it refers to. You know, the Hebrew language is full of word pictures. But you know, a hand that is open, not a hand that is closed. Because there's another word in the Hebrew which speaks of power, which speaks of a hand that is closed, which is ready to fight. But a hand, this kind of power, is a hand that is open, which speaks like that it is, it is able to receive something... But, but the word here also means that, it is, giving, um, that it is giving power, but is giving direction and giving, giving the means to have the power, right? You know, so um, let's give a good example. You know, there's like two ways. I'm a carpenter, so everything's going to be carpentry related, sorry. But there's two ways to nail a nail, right? One is by a hammer, and one is with a nail gun. You know, which one has power? Yes, Stephen? The nail gun, yeah. You don't have to be strong to, hit, to shoot a nail gun, but to actually hit nails all day, you have to have a lot of strength. But that tool is the means in which gives you power to hammer or to shoot the nail. Either way... The tool is the means. So here, this is saying that the tongue is the means in which we have power, and the tongue is also the means in which we can give direction. Direction towards what? Towards life or death. So that is why what we say we have to be so careful. So other other places in the proverbs and the proverbs, in proverbs it says. Like, even a foolish man who is silent seems wise. You know why? Because he doesn't open his mouth so quickly to give means and direction towards death. So he can be foolish, he keeps his mouth shut, so he doesn't direct people towards life, but he is not directing people towards death either. So very, very interesting. So back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. I I guess just in verse 13 for now it says, These things, listen, it says we speak. Then it says, Not in words of man's wisdom, but teaches. So there's three words that is being used there. And those three words, what do we use? We use our mouth. We use our tongue, right? We use our tongue to speak, we use our tongue to say words, we use our tongue to teach. That word teach, I think a better word would be disciple because in our understanding teaching is very impersonal. You can go to online school and there's no, there's no relationship, right? But the Hebrew idea of teaching means that you were sitting underneath a rabbi and you were their disciple and that is who taught you. So we could say, so, you know, so we use our tongue to speak, we use our tongue to have words, and we use our tongue to disciple. So if if I am not spiritual, how is this power being used? It's an interesting question, huh? How is this power being used? I don't want us to become like so introspective that we question every word and everything we say, or when we get angry, we beat ourselves up, uh, because we all say things we shouldn't say. You know, when the Bible teaches these principles, they're talking about holistic kind of principles where we're looking at our whole life, not a single moment where we failed. As human beings, we tend to focus very quickly on a moment in which there was failure. And that begins to define us. But we look at the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man had a lot of victories in life. But look at what happened at him, to him. Because of his walk with God was not right. He was in hell. But look at, the, the, look at Lazarus who would say there was a lot of defeats. There wasn't so many victories in his life. How would he be defined in the world? You know, so we've got to be careful that we don't become so introspective that we begin to define ourselves based on our failures. And we don't define ourselves based on how God views us. So here God is saying something that when we begin to speak, when we begin to have words and we begin to disciple, that there's a potential for us to both give and receive either life or death. Now I know what we all want here, right? We all want to be receivers and givers of life. Don't we? So let's look at these words. This is really amazing. Yeah, it says these things we also speak. That word speak is really interesting because it, you know, you, you got to be very careful when you're studying the Bible not to overlook these simple words because God uses this word, speak, and it seems so simple. But what the Apostle Paul is doing here is he's using this word to define something that is high and that is holy. That's what one scholar says about this word in the New Testament. Usually when it's used, it's referring to something that has been spoken that is high and and, and Holy. So let me uh, read this. Undoubtedly, Paul employs the word purposefully for the utterance of the revelation which he has understood. So when he uses this word, which which we have spoken, we also these things which we also speak, he is saying that these are these are things that he himself has heard from the Holy Spirit. So when he speaks, he's speaking not something from his own being but he's speaking something from his spirit which the holy spirit has already communicated that's why when you jump down towards the end of that verse it says spiritual things with spiritual now there's different ways to interpret that and we might get there but the idea is like there is a spirit inside of him and the holy spirit is speaking to him also and the things that he speaks there are high and holy and what is it it's the gospel of grace. It's the gospel of salvation, however you want to define it. But it is a revelation that we read in the Pauline epistles. And these are the things that he is speaking. He is speaking these things. And how are they spoken? How does Paul speak these things? Does anybody remember? Let me see. Well, it's a... Uh... Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. I didn't write the verse down. Oh, shoot. It's probably in 1 Corinthians because this kind of this flow is happening in 1 Corinthians. But remember when Paul says, I have not preached with, like, power, but I have preached, or I have not preached with eloquence, but I have preached with the power of God, and it is a stumbling block to people. Remember when Paul said that? Is it 1 Corinthians 3 4? Hmm. Maybe. Read it out loud. Mm -hmm.
1: It's the beginning of chapter 2. When I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was thinking. You know, I love it because he didn't come in this way. That's not how he was speaking. You know, but but the, the, the delivery. And also, we could also say the content isn't the important part. You know, uh, maybe that's the wrong word, because content is important, right? Uh, the delivery is not important, but the, um, the format, I don't know how to describe that. The packaging, you know, all this stuff, you know, like there are people that become very good and they can preach very easily. And they're just very good at packaging something and delivering it to us. And he says, I was not good at it this way. I'm not good at it this way. But what I am speaking, it is still, it is high and is holy. And it is something that I have understood by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Not only is it a revelation in 1 Corinthians 2.10, but also in 2.12 twelve, it is something that the Holy Spirit has enlightened me or illuminated to me. And another word is two thirteen is there is inspiration. So when we open the Bible and we look at ourselves and we look at our understanding of uh, world issues and social justice issues and the things that is happening in our world, how do we relate to these things? And oftentimes we begin to relate to them through the Bible because we believe in the Bible. And we believe in God and sometimes we deliver our arguments or our evidences for our faith and they are high and holy evidences and they are high and holy our arguments and evidence but sometimes the delivery isn't so good so it seems like people don't understand or agree with me right but that doesn't change the fact that it is not high and holy you know so here this word is spoken is interesting because it's not only referring to the content. Content is important. When you get to that next word, <laughs> when you get to that next word, word, which is speaking of man's word, that is logos, that is there speaking of content. The content of man's words is what? Is man's wisdom. Okay? The content of man's word, this word logos, here is used for man's is it is um, yeah and this is the interesting thing this word and in, in, we're in 1 Corinthians 13 uh, 2.13 Adam Thanks, yeah so so we have this word that is spoken Okay, this is something that Paul was doing now we have this word Logos now usually when we preach about Logos we're referring to I mean, Jesus Christ himself is called the Logos, right? Um, The Word of God is called the Logos. So when we open it here and we see the same word Logos, how do we understand that? Okay? So the important thing for us to understand when we look at this word Logos is the adjective that is helping to describe the Word, and that is man's wisdom. So that puts us in a whole different world. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah, he uses it there. It's used twice. It is man's wisdom which he teaches. So the word that man teaches is what? Is his own wisdom. That's Sophia. It's also a word that is used for the wisdom of God. But you see, like, it's all pointing back to that noun, man. Okay, it's all going back to man. So all of a sudden we realize that Paul is making an extreme contrast between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man. And you see that in the book of James. You see it here in chapter 2 a lot that he is making that contradiction. So let's uh, read some of those. Let's turn to Second uh, Peter, <coughs> chapter one. So Second Peter one verse sixteen. Adam, can you read that? I mean, Peter could say something that Paul didn't see. Peter was an eyewitness to the transfiguration. He was an eyewitness to the miracles. He was an eyewitness to his grace, his forgiveness. He was an eyewitness to his resurrection and his death. He was an eyewitness. But I love it. He said, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables. Like we could replace that for man's wisdom. Okay? Because oftentimes we think of cunningly devised fables and we look at things like mythology. We begin to look at, you know, uh, the pharaohs and Egyptology and the study of these kind of things. You know, and, and we be, say these are cunningly devised fables. But do you know what? We are, we are living in America Are there cunningly devised fables today? Yes, they are. But they don't disguise themselves in the face of false gods. They disguise themselves as false truths. Right? Or they're truths. We say that they're false truths. But then all of a sudden, these false truths, these devised fables that man has created. Now, this is the interesting thing, is that man has created, like, this is man's word, it's his. It's his content, and what he does is he speaks it. And part of that speaking, it is the same thing with the way that Paul speaks it. There is relationship, and there is power back in in Proverbs 18, 21. There is power in the tongue. So when, when man comes in their wisdom and in their devised fables, they don't come like weak and feeble, but they come with power. And what are they doing is that they're bringing and they are directing man towards the direction towards death. And they're giving men the means to live a unholy life that will end in the pit of hell. That's what man's wisdom is doing. That is what cunningly devised fables. But we have made known to you the power. There's another power here. Now the great argument is going to have to be is which power is greater, and we know the answer, right? But there, but we, but we made to know, known to you the power and the coming of Jesus. There is power in the, in speaking the gospel. There is power and authority in the word of God. There is power in what God is speaking. There is power in the speaking. There is power in the word, and there is power in the teaching. Let's turn to another verse. Um, Anastasia, can you read? Not can you read, but can you read? (laughs) 1 Corinthians one seventeen. the kind of power that the tongue has, that we could maybe speak, that's interesting actually, that's like, wow, I mean the Pharisees were men who spoke the word of God with wisdom of words, and what happened, the cross became of no effect to them. interesting isn't it do you think that could happen today and uh, I mean let's not pick on churches let's just pick on ourselves (laughs) because it all starts here right you know could that happen in my life where I begin to speak the word of God with 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 wisdom of words it could could how could that happen spending time with God in these scriptures and his good connection. sometimes you need the answer I'm glad when I was uh, by the soul yeah that's so, um, good my adoption you know, I ask God I what I'm going the to do you give me no answer that's all I'm going to get kind of have God thought about you know one um, well, thing that kind mean, of think about is trying and uh, that's stuck with me ever since I have been. Good. So, how how could I speak the word of God with the wisdom of words? Hey, go ahead, are, you, are you using that? No, I
1: couldn't hear her. I couldn't hear her. Are you using that latter phrase as a name? the
0: wisdom of words? Yes, yes, it's negative. I mean, here in 1 Corinthians it's negative. It's talking about like your natural abilities.
1: Yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can make it sound nice and fluffy.
0: Okay, like we, could, titty bear. we could We um, could bring the gospel low so it's palatable, right? That's or relevant. Those are words we use nowadays or we used to use. That was like two years ago. Yeah. Between <laughs> turns out. Um. Think, we... uh, not letting it um be powerful. It's, yeah. It's it's good or it's and good doctrine it's, you can teach doctrine and doctrine is great for us. Yeah. I just think sometimes you can get get doctrine it. power you know what I mean like you're just studying upon studying and studying but there's yeah. not like this. Deliverance power elements. Of like okay. It and learning it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking we could overstudy right? I mean, I use that word carefully, but it, sh- it could happen. We could become phil- philosophical. You okay, Bobby? <laughs> you could become philosophical. Um, you could practice more about delivery than actually content. But here's like what I'm thinking is oftentimes when there's study that we don't meditate. And what meditation does is it cultivates relationship. You know, because the whole thing that Paul is teaching here is that there needs to be relationship in what is being spoken and what is being, uh, in what is being given in the word. Right? There has to be relationship. So.
1: Got to the point where i was consuming so much content but not it wasn't like what adam was saying it wasn't life-giving yeah kind of reverse the roles now that were kind of reverse my plan and there's just a couple verses that i meditate on now that are very life-giving and it's so much more meaningful mm. as opposed to just consuming you know, yeah you know quality yeah quantity
0: Thorns, the seed, throwing the thorn, the shallow soil, and the seed of the way is not good soil. So okay. parable applies to the gospel, but it also applies to us from hearing. Yeah. When I, me and my wife may come in not in the best mood, but if we can get our hearts right and our our, our soil right, whatever we hear is going to have impact. Yeah. So really, removing all the distractions in our mind it's an it's natural good. and worldly. Be able to have the power to really, the word of God will really hit me yeah. and do something. That's why I think worship's so important, right? It helps us to yeah. like clear our mind so we can just be real with God. You know, I think prayer is important for that. It helps us <laughs> clear our mind. You know, we've heard terms like academic discipline. Yeah, it's fun. You know, when when Jill and Rich came into church, I loved it because they had Bibles and notebooks. You know, it's just like awesome, you know, it's like ready to hear the word of God and, and take notes. Yeah, it's good. You know, I, the point is, is that there is, um, you know, we want to, There, we don't want to have wisdom in this sense, wisdom of words in a negative way. You know, referring back to 1 Corinthians where there is words that are spoken and being taught you know, by man's wisdom, okay? So let's turn to one more verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 3. I'm going to wrap up here in a few. 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, Ron, you, you want to read 19 through 20? Is that okay? First Corinthians 3, 19 and 20. I mean, very simply, we could say what verse 19 says is, what does God think about man's wisdom? It's, foolish. <laughs> it's foolishness. I mean, that word is like means it is stupid and it has no value. Isn't that amazing? I and mean, we're not talking about these kind of, again, we're not talking about these cunningly devised fables. We're talking about how man is building their society today. That that the foundations they are tearing down, they are beginning to rebuild and take out the gospel. You know, I mean that sign that you were that you were talking about, Miss Grace. You know that you know love is love, Black Lives Matter, science is truth. You know what is what is that sign saying? That sign is saying that as Christians, everything you believe in. Is wrong and it's designed to tear down the foundations which America was built and became so great upon. It became great because of those things, because of its foundation in the gospel and the power and the hope of a coming savior. It was built on those things. So that little sign is tearing at the foundation and tearing it down, and they're like, Look at us. Look at our wisdom. Look at what we are going to do. And I love what Pastor Pete Westera said last night. He says, all of this, like, trend that is happening, cancel culture, uh, what, what, what did he say? It, was, it Yeah, woke. Um, but, you, you know, this whole idea, this whole idea of what's happening now and the reforming of America, what is happening, it is not going to change a thing. Because what you are always going to see is the depravity of man. It doesn't matter what you do. The depravity of man is always there. And we are, as people, we're saying, hey, look at us. Here's my banner. Look at how awesome my depravity is. (laughs) You know, look, my tongue has power. Yes, it does. My depravity has power. Yes, it does. But it's still depraved, and it is foolishness in the eyes of God. And that is why as believers... We don't even want to begin, like, don't even, like what he was saying, like trying to overanalyze, like, you know, well, how do I feel about speaking in tongues and like study, 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 study. Like, yes, I understand. But it has to be balanced in such a way that you continue to have that relationship with God and you don't be caught up in a little nuance and you lose your walk with God because that's what happens. Questions, what well, did we talk this about six, you know, whatever many months ago? Questions breed questions. Breed questions, breed questions. And some people are always questioning but never have answers. But we believe in a God who has given us the, the truth. Yeah. Right? He's given us the truth. So when we look at God's wisdom, so here's what's happening. Is Paul makes a, a, a distinction between man's speech, man's word, and man's teaching. That is so important for us to understand because first we hear, right? Then we learn, and then we experience what we have heard and what we have learned. The first two things there are passive. Speech and word, it is passive. But the teaching... It is both passive and active. It's interesting, right? Because I make an active decision to sit and, and, and be, you know, again, the word the teaching means to be a disciple. I, I make an active decision to sit and be discipled by something, which has the power to give me the means and direction towards death or to life. So when I say I'm going to be a disciple to this what I'm really saying is that I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to learn this. So you know what? I mean it's hard. these are sometimes can be hard sayings, but I have to make an active choice to not be passive in what I hear.
1: What was-
0: Uh, not only how important he's faithful as documents document as a, he's a Christian ministry, but um, ideas on the story of, you know, how things bombing um, um, and harassing, yeah by uh, racist owned by FBI and all this kind of situations. And um, I'm not sure the word is ignored, but he sometimes don't allow those being in the best of yeah, That's you know. good, yeah, because what can happen is there can be a lot of uh, negativity, right? Oh, anymore, but a lot, a lot of but the Bible, I mean, uses, I don't like the word positive and negative, mm-hmm. or, you know, be, just because I can have like a a, a new age kind of uh, feel to it, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, let's just have positive thinking. Like, it's not positive thinking, and it's not ignoring negative thinking, but it's really kingdom warfare. So when I begin to listen to what we could call negative negativity, what that's really being produced by is by Satan in his kingdom. Like Ron, you were saying something when we walked in this, this evening. Like, you know, you wanted to get on your bicycle and just leave. Like, where was that coming from? Right? Yeah, it was a negative... It was negative, but it was speech that was coming from the devil to get you to go into a different direction where you would not be receiving life. Because right now, I mean, I don't know how you're receiving the message, but either even if you're not receiving it well, you're still receiving life. Because the Word of God has such power that it doesn't ever return void. The Word of God has such power that when we gather as a body, I am still receiving life. Right? So that is why at the end of verse 13, 1 Corinthians 2.13, he says, uh, comparing, and I like this translation a little better. Sorry, Calvin. 2.13. Yeah, Yeah, but combining spiritual ideas with spiritual words. Okay? So I like that. You know, both translations are, are actually good. But we have God has a spiritual idea, which means he has a purpose and he has a course of action for you. And it is spiritual and is given to you by God. God has a purpose for you. God has a course of action for you. And nobody here can tell you what that is. We can direct you through the word of God, but nobody can tell you what it is because it is given to you by relationship through the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that is the first part, spiritual. And then what I do is I take those spiritual ideas, that spiritual course of action, that spiritual purpose, and I compare it to the spiritual word. And what, what happens is that begins to build something that is strong. It begins to build something strong in your life. And you say, I know I have a purpose. I know I have a direction. Then you open the Word of God. You open this Logos. Then you hear the, the, uh, the Lelo. That's what the, the, the speech. You hear the speech of the Word of God. The Lalo of the Logos. And then you, you become discipled by it. And what is happening is that the Word of God begins to build such a strong edifice such a strong foundation that it cannot be moved it cannot be moved so yes I am a spiritual being why am I spiritual you know is it because I have done you know good these good things no it's not because what I have done but I have chosen to hear I have chosen to learn and I have chosen to be discipled by the The word of God, not the word of man. And it builds my soul. So, just in closing tonight, just remember, I love that in in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Power means to give means and direction. So words give me the means and direction to either have life or death. So if I put myself, I put myself in a seat where I am listening. To the words of God, I begin to have spiritual means and spiritual direction. If I put myself in a seat where I listen to man's wisdom, what do I find? That I have natural means and I have natural direction, which will bring you somewhere. But it might not be where you want to be and it might not be where God wants you to be and we could all be like Pilgrim's Progress, right? It's like Christian. It's okay, you know. Yeah. Okay, amen? So Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words. We went a little long tonight. I think it was discussional, so it was okay. Conversational, that's a better word. Making up words tonight. So we just ask that you'll uh, have these words just enter into the depths of our hearts. And we thank you for help us to be receivers of God's word. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen.